Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan-wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest-to-understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. Hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest of ways. Hey, Clever Investors, and welcome to another show. Today, we're going to talk about retiring because it's that mystical place in the distance that so many of us dream about. And unfortunately, it gets pushed to one side a hell of a lot. I know this from experience. I've been in this industry for long enough. And it's something that I think is confusing for a lot of people. So we we put this type of thing off. We, we put it on the back burner. And money is quite a personal thing. Who do we talk to? What do we do? And I know from experience that many retirees haven't thought about their retirement until far too close to it. Another thing that butts into that too is the fact that I firmly believe that a large part of the super world is made to be confusing. So a lot of people just don't do it. And it's easier to just do nothing than actually go out and start asking questions with fear of failure around it. Joining me in the studio today, and we're actually on the road today. This is coming to you live from the Ridges in Bathurst because we've got an event this evening. And uh, I've really got one of the area's premier financial advisors with me, Tyrone Mitchell. Give us a little bit of a spiel about who you are, then I'm going to ask you a big question. Oh, okay. Welcome, crowd. Tyrone Mitchell owns Orange and Bathurst Financial Planning. I've done this for over 10 years. I was one of the leading financial planners for NAB before they decided to shut it down. And since going out on my own, I've just diversified what I do. And I'm very passionate about helping people retire. Getting people prepared for retirement. What are some of the mistakes that you see people making? How can how can we avoid it? That's a big question. Definitely. The, the biggest thing I'm finding is people have left it too late to see me. Um, they always come to me, I wish I saw you 10 years ago. Or we never were taught this at school. You know, and just the simple things of, oh, we just got to pay the home loan off. We just got to do what we got to do. Or you see the other side of, they always put themselves last. So they're always, oh, I got to fund the kids or I got to help the mum. And they're always putting themselves last. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's actually getting worse. So more and more of my clients are retiring. And I, I actually literally say, I am not Harry Potter. I, I can't just wave a magic wand and fix this for you. Here's your options. And they're not always the best way to go. So in an ideal world, when is uh, a, an optimal age for someone to speak to someone within your profession? If you're talking for retirement stages, probably around our age, probably in the 40s when they're just getting a bit of equity, got good income. I mean, but you can obviously start at any age. But I like to think the more time that you have, the better ending you'll get. But the majority of them don't actually start seeing me for retirement planning until they're over 60. And I've yeah. got less time to do it. Yeah, yeah. So if, uh, I think definitely if someone's in their 40s or in their 50s, um, mm. they need to listen to this show, uh, probably listen to it twice. Mm. 100%. <laughs> and you're just getting into that level of, you know, you're probably going up in your career path, you're earning a little bit more income, your debts are starting to come down, the kids are sort of starting to feel their own. So it's the perfect time to focus on themselves. Is there a one size fits all with, with the advice that you give? No, 100% no. 
So it's, it's always tailored because everyone's circumstances are different. People may be together, they could have split marriages, share kids. I mean, it gets messy. Are all super funds created equal? No, actually, um, you don't know this yet, but I just uh, finished filming this whole video set explaining the different types of super insurance, retirement planning, because it's just a minefield. Well, we'll, I'll definitely put a link in in the show notes for that then. It's 30 seconds to explain the three different categories of super funds. 30 seconds. I'm sure we can all concentrate for that long, can't we? Yes. So well, can you give us the abridged version of the 30 seconds then? So what are, what are the main things? So there's the typical industry funds. Um, we like to refer them as passive or index investing. What that basically means, it just tracks the marketplace. Um, they generally look at what they invest in every 12 months and then they'll see if that's worked for them. Now, they always do phenomenally well, but they tend to you know, sometimes miss the mark on the ups and they'll come, come sort of like may lose on the downs because they can't change what they're investing in. Then you have the retail providers, there's a stack of them, MLC, BT, all those guys. They have mainly index and active investing. The only difference is the active investing gets it done per quarter. They change what the underlying investments are. Then you have the next level down is called ERAP accounts. Most of them wouldn't hear about that. That's where you can pretty much nearly do like a self-managed super fund without all the expense. So you can have index, you can have active, you can have shares, you can have self-managed accounts. It's really much open. You've explained that very briefly, but very there's 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 and this is a leading question as well. I know the answer, but there's more to it though than thirty seconds because you've had quite a few years of experience to know what the differences are and what suits a particular person's uh, requirements. Yeah, well, basically we're all different. We all have different types of jobs. What we're trying to get out of it. Um, what, what I tend to do is break it all down in front of them because I don't like reading their marketing materials of their statements when it makes them show how good they are. But when I put the data codes in and actually see what it costs to run and see the performance and the risk and actually lay it out in front of the customer, there's no hiding. And that, that's actually a really interesting point, though, that you said there about the, the statements that you get. It, it really is a bit of an advertising program. It's a marketing thing for them. There's always a good story that they're trying to spin with it as well. I'm not going to say the names, but I, I always laugh to my wife. One of, one of the main super fund providers on the television goes, for the last 38 years we've returned this. So they kept blowing out the term to get the right percentage return <laughs> they want. <laughs> so if you stretch it out long yeah, enough. Yeah, stretch it out. You get the figures up high enough. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a classic. Yeah, and I guess even the best super fund in the world, it, it might not necessarily have great growth and return every single year. You've got to expect that. That's correct, yeah. Like if you look look at the money mag or the financial reviews, if you look over a pattern of 10 years, there's only maybe three or four providers that are always generally up there, but they're not always first. Where you get some high flyers that come in that kill the market and three years later they're gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they burn brightly to start with mm. and, uh, and then it's a, it's a long-term thing as well. I suppose the other thing as well that comes with super is there is a, a certain amount of insurance that it has to carry as part of the sort of legislation around it too. Um, is that something that you look at as well? I'm very passionate with the insurance side. Um, look, I don't believe you should insure yourself for, to win a lottery, but you definitely need to cover your backside and your debt. And the main thing I say in two seconds is there's two different types of insurance. One is the one that you give them when you open up a super fund. Yep. They, they don't know how if we drink or smoke or whatever they are. So it's called diminishing value. It's very limited. The next one's a comprehensive. So you do all the questionnaires about your health, your risk. It's like 
like here's a good example, um, car green slip. That's yep. what you normally get. Yep. But most people actually need comprehensive car. Yeah. And the same goes with insurance. So w- you, the best advice I would say is to try and t- tee up the right type of insurer with your occupation and then that actually go, hand in hand goes in with a super fund because not all super funds allow all insurers to be paid out of it. Right. So it's a bit of a puzzle effect. Okay. Can you just can you just elaborate then on the payout that you just mentioned then? What would the payout mean like if someone's injured or ill, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well – Good example would be, let's say you got half a million dollar debt. Yes. Okay, so as a rule of thumb, you might have total permanent disability um, would be normally your debt amount or just above it. Yep. Then you would have, ideally, have critical illness, which is the cancer, heart attack, strokes. Yep. And then you'd have income protection, the, the comprehensive one. So if something happened to you, say, and then you've got life on top, obviously. Um, so if something happened to you, you could be temporarily off work, you're going to get income protection. Yeah. If something permanent happens, your debt's cleared, but you're still getting paid the income protection because they're all super linked. Mm-hmm. And then obviously if you pass, you pass and you get another payout again. So it's sort of like eliminating that cracks, you know, because the biggest thing is no offence, insurances are buggers. They'll, they'll find a way not to pay you. That's Let's face the facts. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, uh, that, that's why they ask so many questions. And they, get, and they get so – and the, the biggest thing is that they too, do tend to get more expensive the older you are. So it's really important to come back in and get that reviewed. And then we call it a risk trade-off. Okay, the premiums are now more expensive because you're older, because you're more coming into that prime claim. But let's reduce your cover or look at different options. But most people just cancel it in the right, the peak period of actually needing it. That's probably one of the sad things. Yeah, and I, I think I was taught in my, in my early days within the industry of um, – well, if you don't want insurance, what are you going to sell first if something goes wrong? Oh, 100%. And for most Australians, uh, and the stats uh, uh, are there, most Australians, their biggest asset is their home. Mm. Well, so if you get injured, sick, long-term or something, and you haven't got adequate, well, that's when the family home is at risk. Yeah, I was just going to say, sorry, was um, – I was here Saturday night. I was the main sponsor for the Stars of Cancer. And you said it correct, 86% of people claim. Mm. And most of them don't even have trauma insurance, which covers you for cancer and strokes or anything. So then they have to try and make a claim against the super fund to try and go hardship just to try and get them by. Or sell your house, sell investment. It's the last thing you want. This is a backup plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've you've Mm. worked hard all your life to to get what you've got and then you're using it to, uh, to, to support yourself then. If somebody in their in their fifties has come to see you, you can still do some stuff with them. If they're in their sixties, it's obviously limited what you can do. I I'm, I would, didn't say I was quite Harry Potter, but I can do a fair bit. So, look, I definitely can. Um, when it when it comes to, I'm no, I know I'm leading backwards, but with the super funds, it's a big difference in the super funds. And the biggest problem that a lot of them do is they'll ring up and say to their online or whoever they're dealing with the super fund, I'm retired. And they'll click them over to a conservative fund, which is great. It generates a passive income and stuff like that, but it's not really generating the alpha that's required to fund their retirement. Mm. And just, I'm a massive believer, that's why we work together quite well, is educating the clients, letting them understand, like, why can't you do like a a split funds within your actual one? So one's actually generating some returns and one's generating some passive income. Just some, it makes a huge difference in retirement. 
Let me throw a, a hypothetical at you, okay? My, my name's sure. Fred Bloggs, mm-hmm. right? Um, 50 years old. Uh, I've worked a few jobs, so I've got five different super funds, okay? Fantastic. So <laughs> the one that I'm with at the moment has sent me the forms and I can combine all my super into one and I'm not getting five separate statements every year. That's a great idea, isn't it? It is. I mean, first of all, why do you want to pay five Ferraris off for someone else when you should only have pay one, yeah. hypothetically? And they're trying to make it easier for you. But the thing is, when you've got to break it down, take the emotion out of it. Which one is the best out of the five? Do you have insurance in that? You might have a pre-existing condition and one of them's got insurance and you're rolling into the one that doesn't. How's that going to leave you? Yeah. It's, it's sort of opening up a can of worms, so to speak. But you'd be surprised how many people just hop on the mic go that roll, 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 bang. I suppose it's better than nothing, but you should really break it down. Yeah, so you're, 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 they're losing potentially a lot of the insurance that you that they might not be able to buy back later on or it might be not economically viable for them to, to do that. Well, let, let's face it, when we're 20, we're invincible. We have probably no, <laughs> not much health issues and now, you know, myself in the mid-40s, you know, I've got a few problems, injuries from the past, you know, we're just it's not as clean skin as we, we would call it, trying to insure them. Mm. So don't leave it too late, folks. Even for you 20-something-year-olds out there, it's not too early for you to sit down with a financial advisor and uh, and it's certainly a lot easier conversation the younger you are for, for doing this. And I was just going to say also anyone that's looking at um, middle-aged, younger or retirees, it's just about understanding your options and trying to leverage your wealth. So, I mean, I did speak about this before. I'm a big advocate of, you know, the biggest way to make money is leveraging and diversification. But how do they do that? Most people don't know. So the whole idea is to sit down with someone like myself and get educated because you're going to, you know, it's the only way to help fund your own retirement. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for coming in today. Uh, Wealth of knowledge. We will get you back on again. Um, I'm going to put some in the show notes, I'll put some details about you. But if you like this week's uh, podcast, please hit the like button, refer it to your friends, listen to it again. And if you've got any questions, get in contact with us here. And I'll see you again next week for another edition of the Clever Investor Podcast. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to the Clever Investor Podcast, proudly sponsored this week by Blue Wealth Property. Are you ready to start a new investment journey? Get in touch with the industry leaders. Blue Wealth Property. Blue Wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets. And Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to bluewealth.com.au.